Welcome to the Get in the Fight podcast. My name is Nate Whitson, and I'm the founder of Get in the Fight Ministries and our exclusive online fight club for Christian men. Everything we do here is dedicated to helping Christian men become the men that God meant for them to be. So if you're looking for helpful content and conversations that can help you to grow and become the man that God made you to be, then you're in the right place. But before we get started, please do me a huge favor and be sure to subscribe, click the like button, and then leave us a five-star review. Doing that helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our mission and how to get involved or how to join the Fight Club, then head on over to getinthefight.club. That's getinthefight.club and learn more today. But without further ado, it's time to get in the fight. So let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 30. We're talking today to Christian men who are wanting to evaluate their own life. And I think this is a good thing for us to do. The Bible says that you should consider for yourself whether or not you are walking uh, the path. Consider for yourself, not consider for somebody else. And so today's really this introspective look for Christian men to ask this question, how do I know if I'm on the path to becoming the man that God meant for me to be? So the premise of Getting the Fight Ministries is that God had made you on purpose, for a purpose, for his purpose. And our job is to walk so closely with him that we are moving in that direction of that purpose, that we are becoming the men that God meant for us to be, that we're playing the role that we were meant to play, that only we can play. This is what's amazing when I think of this for myself is I think, well, I don't have a big role. Well, that's not true if you ask my nine-year-old. That's not true if you ask my wife. That's not true if you ask my closest friends. And it's not true if you're thinking that either. When God has a plan for your life, it is not for us to look at other people and compare our role, our plan with somebody else's. Our job is to say, God, what do you have for me? And so today we're kind of just going through 15 questions that I wrote down that I thought, you know, this might give you an opportunity to evaluate and to ask some good questions. Now, I'll try to remember to say this at the end, but I want to say it up front. God is not a God of checklists. He is not a God that's going, well, here's 15 things and, you know, you either earn my love or you don't. Fortunately for us, we have a God who is full of compassion and mercy, unfailing love, grace, and kindness without end. And we don't have to live our life based on a checklist. My hope with the checklist is that it'll help you to simply evaluate where you're at, determine what path you're on, figure out if it's the right one, if you're going in the right direction, and then make course adjustments from here. There's a great quote that I love that says your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. Your direction, not your intention. And so a big part of this evaluation for me is for us to say, look, if I was to ask you, do you intend to be the man that God meant for you to be? You would say yes, most likely, if you're listening to this. My guess is you're a Christian man that wants to get after it, that wants to fight, to be better, to be a better man, to live the life that God has for you. And so intentions 
most of the time for people like us are good. We want to be better men. We want to live bigger, better lives. However, intentions really don't matter at all, do they? You can intend to be a great husband, but if you're not walking that path of greatness, you're never going to be great at being a husband, no matter how much you intend to. You can intend to have uh, great health and be very active with your kids and your grandkids and be able to help the many moves that they're going to make from one apartment to a new house and all the things that you've done. And if you want to be active men in your kids' lives under the next 10, 20, 30 years, you could intend to be physically strong, but it doesn't really matter what you intend if you're not walking that path. And so that's kind of what we're saying here is there is a path to living life God's way. And this will be no surprise to you that there are many other paths for you to take as well. My hope, again, is that by asking some of these questions and going through these really quickly, it simply may help you to evaluate if you're on the path. See, there are many paths to take, but then there's the path that God has for you. Again, understand this isn't a checklist to say I'm in or out of God's grace or love. It's not. It's just simply to encourage and inspire you to live a better life, to be a better man to live the life that God has for you. And that's what we're here for. That's what episode 30 is. That's what this whole ministry is about. And so if you're here, if that's you, you're listening to this, take some notes if you need to. Sit back and evaluate. Be honest with yourself. Pray through this and ask God as you listen to these, Lord, what do you want me to hear? What do you want me to see? Help me to see like you see so I can do what you want me to do. That's a good prayer as you get into this today. So let's just start here. Number one, Question number one for you to consider, am I growing spiritually and drawing closer to God in my daily walk? We're reading through in our ministry, we do a devotional, like a 10-minute, 12-minute devotional every morning at 6 a.m., and we're reading chronologically, and right now we happen to be in the book of Exodus. Actually, we finished Exodus today. And one of the things that we see is that as God leads his people out of Egypt— and he leads them into the wilderness. There's nothing there. And the people start complaining and they're moaning. We don't have any food. We don't have any water. Life was so much better as a slave. And that's a whole nother conversation. But we see here that God provided daily bread. He provided manna from heaven, which means manna means what is this? <laughs> it was this weird flaky white substance that provided sustenance for the people in the middle of the wilderness. And this is kind of like one of those first pictures we see of later when we see Jesus talking about, give us this day our daily bread. We need to be drawing close to God on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'll give you another thought here that comes to mind for me. In our group, we have a, in our group called Get in the Fight, and we have our own little private men's group called a fight club within that. There's a prayer that we pray every single day. We ask God, God, help us to be men of honor, help us to be men of discipline, help us to be men of strength and joy. And then we pray through 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 and 14. We pray that every day. The reason I say that is because I need God to give me strength to be a man of honor today because yesterday's prayer was for yesterday. I need to be a man of honor and discipline and strength and joy every day. And so I come to God every day saying that same prayer. And I don't have a whole lot of prayers that I do. In fact, that might be the only prayer that I do 
that I just pray consistently over and over. But for me, it's meaningful. Hopefully for the men in our ministry, it's meaningful as well. Because what we're doing is we're saying, God, I am trying to grow spiritually. I can't do this outside of you. And I need this every single day. So in this first question to evaluate if you're on the path, are you growing spiritually? Are you doing it daily? Do you draw close to God? Do you enjoy time with him? That's the first question. The second question is, do I consistently display love, compassion, and understanding towards others? This makes me think of, in my house, just a a blow up that happened yesterday in our house where I get home from work and one of the kids is just having a rough day. And I talked to Sarah and I was like, has this been like this all day or just for me when I walk in the door? And she said, no, it's kind of new. Anyways, it, it was one of those things where I did not feel love, compassion, or understanding, sadly. I was just super annoyed and frustrated with it. And then I'm reading a devotional this morning, just talking about the prodigal son and the heart of the father, the grace that should overwhelm a home and a family like that father and that story, and who, of course, that father is a picture of God. And again, so do I consistently display love, compassion, and understanding toward others? Sometimes I do. And sometimes actually for me, it seems like it's easier for people outside of my home. Do you ever feel that way? Does that ever cross your mind that maybe you're compassionate and loving and understanding to people? And it's sometimes easier because you don't have to actually go home with them. You don't have to be around them very much. And so you can just kind of like brush it aside and it just is what it is. I know I'm challenged by that here. And so maybe for you, maybe it's not in your home. Maybe it's just love and compassion towards people who are not like you. I know, in fact, in our world right now, it's just a mess. And there's a lot of agendas that are being pushed down our throat. We're being told to accept and show compassion. But what they really mean is affirming lifestyles and ideas that we are just never going to. We're never going to affirm those things. And so sometimes I think as Christians, we are, we're so frustrated by what's being shoved down our throat that we start to lack love and compassion and understanding and understanding that these people are not the, the enemy. People are not the problem. There's an agenda that comes from the darkest pits of hell, you know, that are causing people to be lost. And we ought to have more love, more compassion and understanding. And so anyways, I'm, I'm challenged by that. Maybe you are too. Do you consistently display love, compassion, and understanding toward others? That gives you a good litmus test here if you're on the path to being the man that God meant for you to be. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. And if you are, please do us a huge favor and be sure to subscribe, click the like button, and then leave us a five-star review. It only takes a few seconds to do this, but it makes a huge difference for us, and it helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Thanks so much for listening and helping us out. Now back to the show. Question number three I said was, am I actively using my gifts and talents to serve God and to serve others? So I'd mentioned to you, if you're not familiar um, with our daily prayer that we use, God make us men of honor strength, discipline, joy, these things. Well, when we talk about strength, one of the things that we pray every day is, God, help me to be spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually strong. Help me to be strong like that. But then we say this, so that we can help serve others. God gives men strength 
Some of us are mentally strong. Some of us are emotionally strong. Some of us are brainiacs and we just have like a, we're just really wise. Some of us are very strong physically. Some of us are very strong with faith and spiritual things. And so why though? Why does God make you strong? Well, God gives you gifts and talents and strength so that you can help advance the cause of the kingdom and serve others. And in fact, the cause of the kingdom is usually met by the way that we serve others. And so are you actively using your strength? Are you using your gifts? Are you using your talents? And it just makes me think this. There's a lot of guys that just go to church. And I don't mean like, again, like, let me pause here and just say this, like, going to church for an hour or two a week, that is not the essence of Christianity. And so to think that we would just use our gifts and talents on a Sunday is just to, to miss the boat completely. God gave you gifts and talents to use all the time, every single day. And so are you doing that or are you sitting on those gifts and talents? Are you using money only for your purposes? Are you tithing? Are you giving beyond the tithe and, and doing uh, sacrificial giving? Are you sharing your home? Are you practicing hospitality? There's so many things that you should be thinking of here. But a good question to evaluate if you're on the path is, am I actively using the gifts and the talents and the resources to serve God and others? That's a good question to ask yourself today. All right, question number four. Do I lead with humility and integrity in my personal and professional life? One of the things, again, I keep coming back to this, but we've made a prayer that really encompasses so much of uh, this journey of a man. But when we talk about being honored, we talk about having integrity in our private and public life and keeping the commitments that we've made to God and the commitments that we've made to others. And so do I lead with humility and integrity in my personal and professional life is a really good question to ask. Integrity is this unchanging, unmovable character of God in your life where you are consistently walking with him in treating people and living with people the right way, that you're doing that in your home, that you're doing that at work and in the public sphere? Are you setting a good example? Are you loving your neighbors again? Are you being compassionate and understanding? Are you an idiot on social media? Are you saying things that you shouldn't be saying to uh, other people? Are you telling dirty jokes, right? All of these different things. Are you living humbly? Are you arrogant and proud? Do you think that everything you have is because you're super sweet and you have all the answers and you're just this great guy? Or do you have humility before the Lord and understanding that it all comes from Him? So humility and integrity in your personal and professional and your private life is huge. And again, thinking of your private life is, number one, partly your thoughts. What are, what are your thoughts that just you and God know? Do you have humility and integrity in those things? Do you have humility, integrity at home? Your private life in a lot of ways is just who are you when nobody else is watching, when only your family knows? Are you a really good Christian guy at church, but before and after and the rest of the week, you're super nominal, you're checked out, never read your Bible? What kind of guy are you? This is a good evaluation for you here. Number five says, am I committed to learning from challenges and using setbacks as opportunities for growth? You know, I think for a lot of men, this question is important because we are very weak-minded and wimpy. And a lot of times it's that very first setback that comes that we are just done. You know, like we're fired up in the beginning, but we, we don't have any endurance. 
In fact, we were talking about this at one of our men's ministries the other day. There's a book called Grit. I think her name is Angela Duckworth, who said this quote, but it was, enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. You know, it's like when a challenge or a setback comes in your life, how do you view it? Is it an opportunity for growth? Do you say, wow, I, I really learned a lot there? Or do you kind of whine and complain and woe is me and back out of the fight? You know, that tells a lot about where you're at. It tells a lot about your growth. It tells a lot about your strength. And it's a good question to ask when you're trying to figure out, like, am I on the path? Am I living the life that I ought to be living? Question number six is, do I strive to be a positive influence and role model for those around me? You know, I'd mentioned this a second ago, but like, are you a good example? Are you living the kind of life that you could say, you know, follow me here? Not because you're doing it perfect, not because you're awesome, <laughs> but because you're mature enough in your walk that you could say, yeah, like I'm, I'm somebody uh, that's whose life is worth emulating. That's an important thing. You know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And, and he knew that he was leading his life in such a way that he was saying, come and here's an example of how it looks. Are you are you like that? Are you striving in your life to be a positive influence? Are you striving in your life to be a role model? And here's the thing. You have influence and you are a role model. The question is, how well are you doing at it? Like, how good of a role model are you? What exactly are you modeling for those around you? Is it inconsistency? Is it uh, complaining? Is it a gossip kind of role model? Are you a guy who gets after it physically or do you sit on the couch? Like all of these things, do you strive to be a positive influence and a good role model for those around you? It's a good question to ask. Question number seven says, am I dedicated to being a loving and supportive husband if you're married or are you preparing yourself to be one? I think this is a good mix here. And I, I of course, I wrote the question, so that sounds really braggadocious. Don't really mean it that way, but. It's a good question for us. Are you dedicated to becoming a better husband? For a lot of us, I've been married 19 years now. We work hard at it, it seems like, and then we start coasting. There's like this, you know, progression and there's always ins and outs and seasons and all of that. I get that. But I want to be looking ahead and going, you know, I've done this well as a husband, but I need to grow here. And I, and I think you ought to be thinking that way too. Do you become more understanding of your wife? Do you cherish her? Do you love her still? Are you supportive of her dreams and desires? Do you even know what they are? Have you asked her recently, you know, what's important to you? What, how do you see our future? Is there anything that I should be doing more of, right? Like that kind of question, that kind of dedication and support is huge. And if you're not married, let me just say this. Are you preparing yourself to be a great husband if God gives you that gift? That's a really great question for you. It'll really tell you a lot about the path that you're on to being the man that God meant for you to be. Well, if God means for you to be married, you'll get married. And when you get there, will you be ready? That's a really good question to ask. Question number eight says this, do I actively seek to be a nurturing and present father? Well, if you have kids, it's a good question to ask. Are you actively seeking 
to be a nurturing and present father. You know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is the big issue, I think, this is my own personal opinion, the big issue in men's lives today is apathy. And part of that apathy is just that we are so distracted. And so, again, I just look at my own life, and I'm not pointing any fingers, trust me at this. I am challenged by this personally. When I come home from work, I am tired, and I have to pray that fight club prayer. Lord, help me to be a man of honor today. When I get home, I'm tired, but help me to be a man of strength, right? All of these things, I pray these because it's really easy to come home and check out. I was sitting on the couch actually yesterday next to my youngest, and I was like, wow, I am in trouble. Like my eyes are fading and she put this blanket on me and we're just kind of cuddled up and she was looking at her computer and I was looking at my phone and it was like this exact conversation of like, I got to put this down. So I said, Hey, let's go, let's put these down. Let's go shoot the bow and arrow. Let's go outside. Let's go do something, you know, and we did that and had a great night. So, you know, I'm working on this and it's a good question for you. Are you actively working at being a better father? It's a good question to ask when it comes to wondering, are you on the path? Number nine says, am I prioritizing my physical health and well-being to ensure that I have the energy and the strength to fulfill my purpose? I talk about this in our ministry a ton here, but I really genuinely believe that your physical uh, health is so instrumental in the health of every other area of your life. If you are physically weak, you're going to be mentally weaker, emotionally weaker, relationally weaker, sexually weaker. All, everything in your life stems from how you feel physically. And, and I just challenge people. If you want to be more of the man that God meant for you to be, you have to be prioritizing your physical health. And again, this doesn't even mean that you've got to fit a certain clothing, you know, that, that you used to back in the day or be able to dunk again or whatever it is as a guy. I don't know. But it does mean that you've got to get better. You've got to physically be in great shape and great health because it matters to every other area of your life. Are you prioritizing that? And the last thought with this one is that there was a great quote from a guy. I think his name is Dan Go. He's somebody that I follow on Instagram. He's a fitness guy. He's not a Christian guy, but has great content. And he had said this the other day, something along the lines of, how many of you would be willing to die for your family? And then he said, how many of you would be willing to be healthy for them? And I thought it was just a great way of addressing this. Are, are you prioritizing that? Like almost all of us dudes would say, yeah, I would die for my family. Cool. Well, why don't you live for them? Why don't you make sure today you're getting after it so that they have the best version of you? It's a good question to ask when you're evaluating if you're on the path. Question number 10, am I cultivating emotional resilience and maintaining a healthy perspective of life's ups and downs? Am I cultivating emotional resilience? This is a big one. This is really big because we are in the state of the world where m many of us are just emotionally way out of whack, you know, things that offend us. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like we are so offended by every little thing. In fact, for me, I was thinking the other day, not even being offended, but just thinking, or maybe I was offended. I don't know. There was, there's construction and you've all been there many times, I'm sure, but like the, the cones are kind of like 
you know, forcing you into a funnel. And it drives me insane when it's clear what's happening. Cars are lined up for a mile and then somebody wants to go flying, you know, 90 miles an hour to try to speed up there and they put their blinker on and they want to cut in front. It drives me insane. But then why? <laughs> why does that bother me so much? I, I have to deal with that <laughs> road rage or emotional resilience or whatever that is and just have a better perspective because you know what? I have no idea what's going on in that person's life or heart. I can't control them. It isn't a personal attack against me, but man, it feels like it. And it's just like, it drives me insane when that happens. I don't know about you, but I, I need to be at this place where I have God's perspective. And again, we go back to this all the time. Like question number one, are you growing spiritually? Well, if you don't grow spiritually daily, like if I don't wake up daily and spend time with God, I'm much more likely to freak out emotionally when things don't go my way when unexpected things happen and guess what you should expect the unexpected like life is going to throw you curveballs and so we've got to build this emotional resilience and we do that by maintaining a proper understanding of who god is and what god's word tells us about life because he lays it out there for us expect suffering expect trouble expect it to not go your way that is the way of this life so why are we so emotionally out of whack when things happen like that so we've got to be healthy physically, spiritually, and in this case, emotionally. And that's just a good test for us. Where are you at emotionally and maintaining a healthy perspective? So, so key. Question number 11 is, do I actively seek ways to serve and contribute to my community and to those in need? One of the things that we struggle with, I think, as men is that we are very focused on ourselves. We're very focused on our own life, our own needs, our own, you know, family, our own wants, probably more than anything else. And so because of, we tend to lose sight of others. We lose sight of the fact that in our pursuit of always getting more and always having more, we stop looking around and seeing how much need there is out there. I'll give you just a short, quick example. There is a charity in our community called Helping Hands that is a food pantry. And we have partnered with them with this nonprofit that I helped start called Hunters Against Hunger. And we were talking at this golf outing. We're trying to raise money so that we can help contribute to our community and do these things and serve. And the lady that works at Helping Hands said that they have 17,000, I believe it was, 17,000 meals that go out from this little tiny ministry that they do in this town that we live in every single month. I was just shocked at the number, whatever the number is. And, I'm, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm off on that number. I don't know. You don't, you don't have to fact check me on it. The point was it was a ton and it was a lot for this area. At least I thought. And the reason I say that is because if I'm so caught up in myself and in my own selfish pursuits and my own building up of my kingdom and my money and my life and all of that, then I'm going to miss all of the ways that I could serve and contribute. And it doesn't have to be financially. Again, some of this could just be hospitality. Some of it could just be looking for non-monetary ways to give you time. Maybe it's just spending time with kids. Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's a thousand things. I don't know. That's not my job. But what I want you to do is to evaluate yourself. Are you 
actively seeking ways to serve and contribute? It's a good question that men need to ask. Number 12 says, am I consistently pursuing knowledge and wisdom to grow in all areas of my life? I had heard this stat the other day, and again, hopefully I don't butcher it, but it was something along the lines like post-college, like the amount of people that read is staggeringly low. I want to say like 1% of people read more than one book per year post-college. And whatever that stat was, the, the thing that was true and clear was that people kind of look at like, okay, this is the stage where I learn and grow in wisdom, and then I just go work, and then I'm just done. <laughs> and That just boggles my mind. I was never a reader as a kid, but I remember thinking years ago that success leaves clues. And one of the clues that I saw from people that made a great impact in the world and made a great impact in my world was that one of those things was that they were great readers. They were learners and students of life, student, students of people. And so I started to make uh, a conscious decision to start reading at least a chapter a day. And what I found was that it's, it's pretty amazing. When you read just one chapter a day, and let's just say that the average book is 15 chapters of average size chapters, let's say. Well, if you read one chapter a day, even if you read a little bit in the morning and a little bit at lunch, maybe a little bit at night, however you did it, I don't know, you would read two books a month. And then it just started to dawn on me, gosh, that's like 24 books a year. And then I started doing that. And then I thought, wow, you know what? Like some of these books I read much faster. And anyways, I, I'm at a spot now where I probably read between 40 and 70 books per year, depending on the year. And that's not to toot my horn or anything. It's just to say, like, I want to consistently push myself to grow in knowledge and wisdom. And I'll just say this, because this is a podcast for Christian men. In all of that reading, it's great, right? Reading is awesome, and I think you ought to do it. I think you ought to pursue knowledge and wisdom. What you ought to spend the most time, though, when it comes to reading and growing, is God's Word. And so I don't want to miss that point, I guess. Are you consistently pursuing knowledge and wisdom? That is God's word first, primary, and most. And then outside of that is all of the other reading. But when you start to read God's word consistently and you add on to it, let's say a chapter a day of a book that's meaningful and helpful, you're going to grow. You're going to become more of the man that God meant for you to be. And I believe that with all of my heart. Are you growing in knowledge and wisdom? Or have you kind of checked out of that? Most men are not in that pursuit. Your question is simply for you to ask that for yourself. All right, question number 13. Do I strive to make a positive impact in my workplace or my center of influence? You know, this is very specific. Men tend to be very identity-driven around their work. In fact, you know, you meet somebody new, first question you ask is what? What do you do, right? That's where we go with that. And so we start talking about our workplace and the work that we do and the contributions that we make to the world or whatever. So just wanting you to think here in terms of how do you know if you're on the path to being the man that God meant for you to be, a lot of that has to do with the fact that you spend probably more time there than with your own family, for in a lot of cases anyways. What are you doing or what could you do in that center of influence that you have at work to make it meaningful for the kingdom of God? That's a great question. And if you're doing that with intentionality, you're probably 
on the path that God has for you, right? God meant for you to play certain roles. The job that you have, the work that he gave you, he wants to use that. Are you allowing him to do that in your workplace? Question number 14, am I willing to step out of my comfort zone to embrace new opportunities? Most of us struggle here. Like we're so self-conscious. I don't know that I'm sure there's a lot of psychology and different answers for why we don't. Fear of failure is certainly one of those. Fear of looking dumb. You know, guys, you know, we're notorious for just teasing each other and some of us can't handle that, I guess. But, you know, whatever it is that keeps you in your comfort zone, you need to really check that. You really need to figure out like, why am I not? And really just asking God, like, Lord, what's keeping me back from stretching myself and trying something new? I know like one of my favorite leadership guys to listen to is a guy named Jocko Willink. I'm sure many of you know him and listen as well. And, you know, he just has this great mindset. And one of the things he talks about is just defaulting to aggressive. And what he's saying is like, you know, you got something that's out of your comfort zone, sweet, take it on. Or he'll say, good, go do it. Push yourself, get out of the comfort zone because that's where growth happens. And again, it's kind of cliche, but we always know that like growth happens outside of that comfort zone. And yet for too many of us men, this is where we stay. And so again, just giving you questions for evaluation, where are you at in your journey to being the man God meant for you to be? A good place to look is, do you consistently find yourself staying in your comfort zone? Or when somebody challenges you to do something hard, do you say yes? Do you embrace it? Do you find yourself in the habit of saying, I'm going to default to aggressive. I'm just going to say yes and figure it out. It might fail terribly. I might be horrible at it, but I'm going to create a uh, mindset of strength that I'm not afraid to step out in the comfort zone. That's a really good a question to ask. Last one here. Do I regularly seek guidance and wisdom from God through prayer and meditation on his word? Goes back really to question one. Are you daily growing in strength? Are you growing uh, in knowledge? Are you growing with the Lord? Are you walking with him? Do you regularly seek wisdom from God's word? Are you meditating on his word? Do you take chunks of it ever and just think on it? You know, a lot of times we read for, you know, distance in the word. Like we'll read like, okay, I got, I got a chapter in. I got five chapters in. I got 20 minutes in or whatever. Sometimes it just makes a lot of sense to just take a, a verse and just marinate on it. Just think on it. Meditate on it. Let it just like teach you. Let, let God's spirit speak to you through that. So one of the things we do in our ministry is we have a memory verse that we do every single week. And it's just one verse. It's usually just one or two, three sentences. But all week long, we are working on that verse. Like right now, it's 1 John 4, verse 7. Talking about, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. And so we start thinking about this because God is love. What does that mean? What does that look like? All right. So anyways, we take his word and we meditate on it. We pray through it. God, what do you have for me in your word today? Reveal your truth to me today. Are you thinking that way? Are you in his word? Do you open your Bible? Do you listen to the word while you're driving? Are you involved in listening to and participating in worship songs while you're driving or by yourself? Do you just do that on Sundays? Right? So all of these things, good questions to ask. Do you regularly seek God's wisdom through his word and through prayer? All right, so that's all 15. 
and I'm going to come back to what I told you. I hoped I'd remember. God is not a God of checklists. These 15 aren't the best 15 questions ever. They're just ones that made me think might help you. They might help me too. And they certainly have, as I've talked my way through this, I think, gosh, I, I've got to get better at certain of these. I've got to grow in some of these. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And so what about you? Where do you need to grow? When you listen to those 15, maybe you need to go back through this and just listen again sometime. Maybe listen to it on the way home from work one time. But where do you need to grow? Where, where do you feel like God is challenging you the most? Maybe there's a little nudge that the Spirit's giving you of, hey, let, let's focus over here. Pay attention to that. Let that seep in there. Pray through that. Like, all right, Lord, what is this you want me to hear? What is this you want me to do? And in fact, the, the big takeaway that I want to leave you with today is this. What one thing, don't try to ta tackle all 15. <laughs> what one thing do you feel like the Lord is pushing you into today? That could make the biggest change, the biggest impact on putting you on that path to being the man that God meant for you to be. What is the one thing? Pick one thing and then pray through that and say, Lord, I need you. Help me to do this. Help me to be the man that you made me to be. Help me to walk in the purposes that you've given for me. All right. So that's your challenge. Consider that. Get after it. Get in the fight and keep going. All right. Thanks for listening today. Go get in the fight. Hey guys, thanks so much for being here today and listening to the show. Please be sure to head over to the website at getinthefight.club. And before you go, if you haven't already, please subscribe, click the like button, and leave us a positive five-star review. It makes a huge difference whenever you do. Have a great day. Go get in the fight.